back to another episode of Popcorn and Coffee, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me in the studio today, as always, Shahazel. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, buddy? Oh. How are we doing today? Awesome. This yeah. weather is <laughs> getting me in the mood. Sweater weather. Yes. It is nice. So before we jump into this special episode, because um, we got another one coming out this week on our normal two-week rotation, this one... This is our Halloween special. It's different in a special kind of way. Yeah. Why are you picking favorites, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Halloween nice. special episode, and we figured what better movies to watch than the Halloween trailer. Halloween franchise. Franchise, yeah. But not all the Halloween franchise. No, 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 no. Halloween Kills came out uh, the other day, October 15th, and we had an opportunity to go watch it mm-hmm. in the theater. And so we figured we'd go ahead and backtrack and watch the continuity of the Halloween Kills franchise, which is just... John Carpenter's original Halloween from 1978. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Halloween 2018. All starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. And then Halloween Kills. Correct. Which was great. We went Thursday night. Was, you know, you're like the... You're going on Thursday night and you're like the first of millions of people that are going to see it. <laughs> it is nice, yeah. And our theater was... Pretty packed for the most part, yeah. which in the in the pandemic era that we live in, that's nice to see. People aren't scared to get back in the theaters yeah. and enjoy company of others. <laughs> some people had masks on, some didn't, and that's fine. Yes. We were all spitting on each other. <laughs> I don't know who you were sitting next to. <laughs> you. Oh, that's right. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, But before we do that, Coffee talk. Yes. Uh, so, with it being Halloween, and in the spirit of our hearts racing from being scared to death, I thought I went to the local coffee shop and I got us a quad. And you might be asking or thinking, what is a quad? It's a muscle. It is a muscle. <laughs> That's true. It's also four shots of espresso. So, to get our, like our hearts were racing in the movie theater the other night, from the sheer terror, our hearts will be racing this morning. So raise your quad, <laughs> not your leg. Uh, yeah, so it's just four shots of espresso. Um, and I put a little French vanilla in yours because I know you like French vanilla. Yeah, it cuts uh, it cuts the bitterness. Yeah, it's very bitter, very bitter. Mm-hmm. But it's a good drink. I would have drank it either way, but thank you for... for th- <laughs> thanks for thanking of me. <laughs> Sorry. End game. The other day, Gabe was... I set up the projector the other night and just let him watch a movie. What they watch? I don't know. A Despicable Me. I think. And uh, Gabe, Gabe was, Dad, I want to watch End Game. I was like, why? He goes, because it's only the greatest movie ever made. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, that's my boy. In his limited library. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. That's probably in the top. Yes. What twenty movie greatest movies? Ten? I don't know. Like, I don't, it's hard. It's hard to tell. Like, I'd have to. If you pair it with Infinity War, yes. Yeah. Endgame by itself is not incredible. No. You have to have part one to, ha- yeah, for part two to succeed. Yeah. Even though they're not labeled as part one and two. Right, because they're not two part. It's not two parts of a movie. They're titled yeah. differently. Yeah. Yeah. But those two are so 
paired together. Yeah. You have to have both of them. Right, yeah. Because if you don't have Loki. Anyway. What else have you been watching? Anything um, else other than a litany of Halloween movies? No, not a whole lot. I'm trying to think. Other than stuff like just some of the Disney Plus stuff. I think we finished uh, Turner Hooch finally. It's finally over. I don't have to watch it anymore. You know what's funny about that? I was just listening to some, it wasn't a podcast, but it was on YouTube, some people talking about remakes. And I didn't know this was a term, but people are getting tired of uh, what's called legacy remakes. Okay. So a legacy remake is like, it's remaking something, but for no reason, continuing the story. Yeah. Like Turner and Hooch, this guy being his son uh-huh. and the need to just like, oh, it's all linked to the same unit. Mm-hmm. Just remake the movie. Yeah. Just right. remake it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the... Yeah. Uh, that's what they did with the Mighty Ducks too. It's just... It, why though? They... Because Emilio Estevez I get it. is great. You and- could even bring Emilio back and it doesn't have to be like so-and-so's offspring of so-and-so. Like, Well, okay, that... That's not that's not the case. That's not what they did with that. But it's still just a continuation of that story. So but I was guess, it good? No, <laughs> I, no. I don't uh, know how you watch any of those. I haven't seen a single one of them. Like, they're easy because I can turn them on. It's There's another Home Alone on. movie coming out. I saw that. It's like why? Macaulay Culkin is old. How's he gonna be? <laughs> yes, true. If his parents forget him, he can just. Get in the car and then he can just go to work. Yeah. He doesn't work. Or he's got a cell phone now. Like it yeah. Literally there are cell phones now. I'm pretty sure this new home alone, he's got a cell phone. His parents forget him and he's afraid. What's he gonna do? He's gonna Hey mom. Google it. Yep. Get on the internet. But yeah, we were where were we? Mighty Ducks, Legacy, Legacy remakes. Yeah. Uh like they did with the Walker series on HBO that's on there. Okay. Or it's CBS does it, but HBO's carrying it. They didn't do that. Like, that was its own legit remake and stuff. And it's not bad. I, like, I... It's enjoyable, you know. That's good. Uh, it took a few episodes to kind of get into it. Like, once get going. But once it started, once you got halfway through it, I was like, oh, this is kind of kind of good. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's only good in hindsight. I, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. It... it I did start watching Night of the Living Dead the other day because I try to watch that every October. You try to watch it every October. Yeah, it's one of my favorite horror films. The original Night of the Living Dead, George, a- you know, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's mm-hmm. just a fun horror film, and it's it's not really scary. Like I'm sure at the time it was made, it was scary, but yeah, uh, it's just fun to watch for me. I like it. That's fun. Uh, we haven't really watched too many other horror movies outside of. The, the three that we watch for this, even though it is October. Yeah. I'm sure we will. Yeah, this is all a new genre for me. So, like, I never... I mean, I had watched some so-called horror films over the past years. Like, What Lies Beneath, I think that's considered a horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched the original Poltergeist years ago. Um, but never really got into a lot of them. Until it was last, it was actually back in March. I think you guys told me to watch The Conjuring. Yeah, and that's kind of which what's, is a good franchise. Yeah, and that's kind of what got me started in it. And I was like, 
okay, these are actually really good. <laughs> uh, and then I watched American Werewolf in London, which is just... No. I don't know why I watched that no. one. Uh, but yeah, so th- like this is a whole new genre for me, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. So and you hadn't seen any of these Halloween movies, no, Mm-mm. prior to us preparing to record this. Nope, I didn't even know Jamie Lee Curtis was in the Halloween movies until I looked up on IMDb. She's so. kind of famous for them. Yeah, that's... she didn't really do much before it. Right. She was in a TV show, I think, before this, but that was it. I can't remember what, what which one. Yeah, MacGyver. MacGruber? MacGyver. MacGyver. MacGruber was the spoof. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it might have been that. Anyways, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's go. You want to you dive headfirst into Halloween, the holiday dive head and the horror. Right into Michael Myler's mask. You didn't even hear me because I, I, I said something so perfect. I I'm was sorry. thinking about this all morning. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I just made it up. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> so I think it'd be best if we just go back and kind of recap the other two before we give... An in-depth review of the new one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to necessarily review the other two. They've been out for a while. If you've seen them, you've seen them. If you haven't, you haven't. I guess, and we didn't talk about this before again, but disclaimers, these aren't for everyone. No. These, especially slasher horror movies, as opposed to something like The Conjuring or something, it's a little bit more kind of thriller horror. These are very specific these are very niche, mm-hmm. and only certain people like these. Yeah, slasher movies aren't for the general public. No, um, never were, never will be. With that being said, let's dive into Halloween, nineteen seventy-eight. All right. What uh, What were your thoughts going into it? So going into it, I was like, "All right, this is going to be." I mean, I knew it was a critically acclaimed. It's one of the I mean, it was one of the horror films that kind of got everything started and stuff going with yes. slasher movies, especially. Uh, but I mean, it was also I real. I'm like, it's made in 1978. It can't be that great, you know. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten that John Carpenter directed it, and I love John Carpenter films. And so. it's funny because they went to they approached him to make the movie, and he was a musician. He was he's kind of jack of all trades kind mm-hmm. of guy. He's like, I'll do it, but I have a few conditions. One was he wanted to write write the score himself. He wanted to direct it. He wanted to write the script. And his name had to be in the title. So it's not just Halloween. It's John Car- John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. That's the movie. That's how a lot of his movies are. Like, And I'm just like, man, he's all about self-promotion. Yeah. And I mean, good good on him. It works. Yeah. But, uh so yeah, so I was just a little leery. I was unsure like what to expect. And but like going into it, I'm like I'm thinking more like horror and it's not really a horror movie. It's a thriller horror like I would can almost it's horror it. for its day. Horror for us has completely turned into something different. That's true. That's fair. Back then, this was horror. Yeah. There are elements of this that I prefer, and there are elements of this that I borderline disdain. So, g- getting into that, because there are things that they did that they could do and get away with, I guess I should say, back in the 80s, that mm-hmm. isn't acceptable as much anymore. There's graphic nudity in this movie. Yeah. For no reason. 
for no reason except, and we talked about this last week with Uncut Gems, so it's like two weeks in a row now. Yeah. It's like, it's just there to get men to the theaters. That's the only reason it's there. Mm-hmm. It didn't add anything to the story. It wasn't necessary. All those scenes could have happened with, with clothes on. It's just like, okay, that, that wouldn't have changed anything. Right, yeah. That's what this movie was about. Mm-hmm. What I really like, just to caveat, I'll give you both, and then you can kind of uh, comment on on either category. Is this movie was far less in your face gore fest and more suspense mm-hmm. and tension and terror, and they didn't allow that tension to be broke by anything the whole time. So in that first movie, the entire movie, am I not only watching the actor on screen acting? I'm looking in the background. I'm looking everywhere. And I'm like, where is this guy? This guy is somewhere. Where is yeah. this guy? That gets lost later on to me. This movie did it almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get into why I think it's lost later when we start talking about the other movies and about the tension especially. But those are the comments that I had on this yeah. one specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. This uh, The tension that it built was like your or your heart's pounding like oh my gosh what what's yes. gonna happen you know uh and um sorry <laughs> uh jamie lee curtis the one thing that was funny though about the chase scenes and stuff is she's running the whole time and she's just like looking behind her as she's running it's like just run <laughs> Like, why are you looking back? He he can't run fast. But yet the music helped kind of build that tension. But the premise of the movie at the same time is this kind of don't take your eye off him because if you take your eye off him, you, you don't know where he's going to show up next. Okay. So it's like you want to keep your eye on him. There's so many times in this movie and watching it now, years and years later, it's just like, okay, it's so obvious. But she's doing things. And looking in random directions when there's a dead guy right behind you. And we know he's going to get up. Mm -hmm. It's like, I would be staring at him the entire time. Why are you not looking at him right now? And then he just sits up behind her. And she's just like... And I get it. The movie does it because the movie has to do it. Yeah. But it's so obvious and not subtle in any way. Yeah. But yeah, it... I personally, if I had to, like, I enjoyed the film aside from the nudity and stuff in it. Uh, I thought it was a, honestly, I thought it was a great movie. I, um, it's it's just sad because, again, keeping in perspective, our outlook on film as conservative Christians, again, it's so much and so throughout the movie that it's one that's like it's hard to revisit because yeah it's just you it's two and a half minutes into the movie mm-hmm. you know it's just like gosh okay here we go here we go again here we go again there's a whole 20 minute sequence that's like just following this girl half dressed for no reason mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that way yeah it doesn't add to the tension of a killer stalking her yeah and that's what makes it unfortunate. And they've gotten away from that a lot in, in recent horror movies, recent movies in general. Mm-hmm. I think 
to a certain extent, there's a lot less subjecting women. There's still a lot. Hollywood is still prevalent with it. But there's definitely less than there was back in the late 60s, 70s, and 80s. For sure. Oh, yeah. And the new ones are great for that because that kind of stuff is is left out mm. almost altogether. I can't think of anything in, in the two new ones. No, uh-uh. It's got a lot of language and stuff, but that's different. Yeah. Uh, it was, I saw something online about John Carpenter said he wanted people to have n- absolutely no connection with Michael at all. And I feel like they did a really good job with creating that character and in the filming and stuff of it where you feel no connection to him. Like there's, you don't feel sorry for him at all. You don't feel like uh, he's, he was kind of wronged and stuff. Well, yeah, they make him like almost not a person. Yeah. And as much as, and I was watching this and I was kind of telling you about it. There's an episode of the movies that made us on Netflix that's just about Halloween. And I was watching on there that even in the script, Michael Myers, for the majority of the script, doesn't even have a name. He's just referred to as the shape. So he's just okay. a, he, he's just a, a, an image. You know what I mean? An image that can that can kill. Yeah. And just a caveat off of what you literally like. That's that that comes through on screen. He's mm-hmm. not like I don't care about his backstory. I don't care about his time in the mental institution. I'm just like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And he only kills five people in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I, we could get off into the weeds of whether anybody should be watching these movies <laughs> because there is no takeaway really from them. Yeah. It's more just the, the adrenaline pump that everybody gets from them. I'm not one to glorify any of this and I don't want it to come across like I'm glorifying any of this because I don't. I don't think uh, slasher horror movies should be glorified. The Conjuring movies, it's a different story. First of all, those are based in some sort of true life. That couple was real. The things Mm -hmm. that they experienced were real. And it's about telling a story. These movies aren't about telling a story. These movies are about watching what's what's falling on screen. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they are a part of cinema culture and film history and all these things. And that's what I appreciate about them. You know, I think expression through film mm-hmm. looks different through everybody's eyes, you know. And everyone's life experience brings them to this place of, well, I'm going to make this specific movie. You know what I mean? So you got Michael Bay doing what Michael Bay does best and his... His lens on life is what gives him that. Right. For good or ill, you know, and then you've got people like Ridley Scott and everything that he brings to the screen. Or you got people like Quentin Tarantino and his kind of twisted, warped imagery that he brings. And then you've got guys like Carpenter, Wes Craven. Uh, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. But guys like that and their twisted mm-hmm. reality that they bring to the screen. Or, or even like a Tim Burton and the dark weirdness that he, they're displaying what goes on in their minds, you know? Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not glorifying it or I'm not even saying yay, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a reality. It's just a reality. Well, it's, it's our, I, I look at it as, look, this is, 
like you said, they're displaying on what's going on in their mind. It's no different to me, and you might think differently about this, but like a painting or somebody who's sculpting stuff, there's statues and stuff that are from thousands of years ago that are like, yeah, that's kind of risque, like nude <laughs> statues and stuff. And, but but we're okay with it, you know. We and I'm not saying I'm not saying we need Careful. nudity in the films. I'm not saying that at all. It does not need to be there. But I'm they're artists and they're painting their picture on screen, on film. And it's kind of the same thing. You can look at old artwork or old statues and stuff that are made. Yeah. And, and I was more commenting on just the, the genre itself and not necessarily, not necessarily the content within. The content within is a conscious choice of, I want to add this in here for ABC reason, whatever your reason is. Mm-hmm. I can completely disagree with your reason for why that you felt that was necessary to to add into the movie. Yeah. But just why John Carpenter went and decided to make a Halloween movie and not make a Disney film is because of the type of person that he is Mm -hmm. and the experiences that he had throughout his life that led him to be attracted to that type of filmmaking. Yeah. I can understand that. I'm not even, I would, I don't want to get too deep into in it at the beginning, but I like I wouldn't recommend this movie to everyone. No. Borderline, especially this movie, anyone because of the content, mm-hmm. primarily. But it's just like I if I'm sitting and having a casual conversation with somebody in a coffee shop, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you should go watch the new Halloween movie. Cause it's just not everybody's cup of tea. Mm. So it's interesting. I do think that for a 78 film though, it looks really really good yeah oh yeah i like it's grainy and it, it's got that old appeal to it um but it's still clear and it's still vivid in the best ways mm-hmm. and every scene that michael myers is in if you see his body it's dark and you never get a clear look at the guy yeah and that's not even a clear look at the guy without the, the michael myers mask which is interesting and that was another part of like the movies that made us one of the producers was told, he's like, I need a mask. So he goes to the store and he's just looking at all the masks. And he's like, these masks aren't scary. He's like, I don't know. And then he's seen literally in one section a Leonard Nimoy Spock mask yeah. and a William Shatner uh, Kirk mask. And he's like, I'll take this. And it wasn't because it was scary. He uh-huh. made a ton of adjustments to it. Yeah. Like he cut the eye holes bigger yeah. and he dyed the hair and painted it white. And it's just like, it's expressionless and terrifying. Yeah. And it's a type of terrifying that like, if anyone puts it on, it's scary. You you can see all over YouTube, all over Instagram, people mm-hmm. just like putting it on and just standing somewhere and just standing there. That's scary. If somebody puts on a hockey mask and goes like Jason, that's not nearly as scary because it's faceless. Yeah. And faceless isn't scary to me, but just this blank stare, human face, yeah, is really scary. Is really scary. Did you, uh, So let me fast forward to 2018. And this one was directed not by John Carpenter. 
This one was directed by David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green has been, uh, he's been around. Been around for a while. I didn't recognize a lot of his stuff. Um, not things that I would typically watch, I guess. But he's credited on a lot of stuff. Let me look. Looks like he did Joe with, uh, What's his name? Oh, you're talking about the Nicolas Cage movie? Yes. Yes, and he's also known for comedy. So not only did he direct Your Highness, he also directed Pineapple Express. Hmm. And I think that place, you can see that. You can see that on screen. I think this one also had a lot of influence by Danny McBride, uh, which if you know Danny McBride, he was all over those movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything with Seth Rogen and James Franco in it, Danny McBride's probably in there somewhere. Yeah. And you can see his his chops in this movie as well. What were your original thoughts on this one? Having been the first time seeing it. Uh so I knew it was gonna be a continuation off the original one uh-huh. and going into that. And I after watching it and stuff, I'm like, okay, it's it was kind of like the original one. Very much so. It almost yeah. like shot. They hit a lot of the same beats. Yeah. Which a lot of times I think when they make remake, they're not really remakes, but they're continuation remakes or something like that. Yeah. They tend to do that. Like Star Wars did it with uh, The Force Awakens. They It was basically yes. A New Hope. Like they, or they just added everything from the original trilogy. Uh and I think I think movies do that. I don't like that they do that. I wish they could just come up with something original. But I think they do it to get your old fans back in. Well, you see, I think it's... I personally think it's the opposite. Really? I think it's more, they're going to make a new one. We need to attract a new audience that's never seen the other one so we can hit these same beats and they're not going to know. But then you have the entire rest of the audience that are linked in some way to the original and you're like why are you doing this but you definitely have to think that they're trying to get an audience that's never seen the movie before as opposed to mm-hmm. draw in old people who have been watching all of them they've if you're in you're in already you know what i mean yeah but i i, I think it's for both because the nostalgia factor is there you want to get the wink and the nod but i think they probably target the people who haven't seen these movies more than the people who have mm-hmm and then 50% of your audience is like, we get it. Ugh, we get it. And it's the entire movie. And you're like, oh, we get it. And then even when they change something at that point, it's like, that's not even good. Yeah. You know, like you did it better the, the first time. Like the twists of, we didn't really go into the plot of the first movie that great. It's just a guy who's walking around trying to kill people and his doctor and the cops are trying to find him. A doctor in this who is trying to find Michael and then they flip it on its head and he's a psychopath too. Yeah. Just didn't work. No. Just didn't work. And then Michael takes him out as soon as he flips because Michael doesn't care. Yeah. So it's like, uh, that was just, it almost seemed lazy, you know? And it was all he, the only person he killed was the cop who's probably one of the best characters in that movie. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, not only did is he a useless character, he took out one of the best characters. 
Luckily, spoiler alert, that cop, Will Patton, is not dead. But to me, it came across as just lazy. Yeah, I I don't understand why would the doctor bring Michael back to that town? Because they, they kind of hinted that that's what happened, right? The, the doctor led him to the town to go and... Well, yeah, the whole premise was that the doctor was trying to link him back up with Laurie because he thinks that he has a... Unfinished business? Spiritual connection to Laurie Strode, which was forced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the doctor brings him back and then he just goes on another spree. It's this. It's the same movie with new characters. And you get Laurie Strode coming back, and this the premise of this one is that she spent the last 40 years while he's been in a mental institution preparing for him to get out and creating this enormous trap house with where is she getting all the money to build that house? We have no idea. Uh, but she Linda Hamilton it from Dark Fate. Is that was called? Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Uh, sure. Where she comes back, or Terminator 2, where she's... Hardcore parkour, ready to go, and her house was cool. I'll okay. give her that. Yeah. I watched it and I was like, I want that in my house just because that's legit. Just like door stoppers yeah. on every door and she just clicks a button and the roll cage rolls down. Yeah. I'm like, that's legit. How'd you afford that? But that's legit. I asked myself that a lot during this movie. How'd she afford that? That's legit. Well, see, I, I, I... Unless the city paid her... Because of the first Halloween movie where because, because the institution maybe paid her. She sued the institution for him getting that, out. That's got to be what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying it is. Ah. I like that. Because that's what I would do if I was stalked by a murderer that escaped from a mental asylum. She just happened to be in his path, though. He wasn't in light. Oh, no. Oh, but yeah. No. He was just going house to house. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, blood and gore and stuff in this one. And that's uh, the shift. And yeah. that's the shift from old horror to new horror, mm -hmm. which is just visceral and yeah. in your face. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I don't like it. And not that I don't like it because I, I think I'm above it and I don't like it. I don't think showing on screen gore like that yeah. carries the weight that just in the background tension mm -hmm. from what that original movie could do. Yeah. And the, and I I if you look at the old horror films from like the I'm talking older even in the 70s like the old universal monster films like Frankenstein and all them and stuff a lot of those films were scary because of what they didn't show on screen. No doubt. I mean, what you create and, in your mind is far scarier than yeah. what they can show you on screen. And they couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And it Which would helped. have not looked good. That's what helped Jaws. <laughs> yeah. The fact that yeah. they couldn't afford it and they couldn't get the shark to work is what made that first movie mm -hmm. great. And I'm not saying don't show Michael on screen, but I'm saying if you didn't show all the gore, maybe, maybe just show some blood splatter on the wall. A body in the wake is just as scary yeah. as watching what he does to them because it... It's a release, mm -hmm. you know, and for scary movies or thrillers or anything where it's supposed to build tension, anytime a scene happens, and this goes, to, and I have an issue with this in this one as well, is the comedy elements making it funny is releasing tension, you know? It's mm -hmm. like it's like you're shaking up that pop and it's building up pressure. 
And every time that something funny happens, or to me, anytime something gory happens and you see this, it's unscrewing the cap just a little bit and letting that letting that pressure out. Mm-hmm. And then you got to rebuild it. And you got to start all the way over from that point. So you're constantly refreshing new tension. And I think it loses it throughout the course of the movie. So by the end, you're just like, oh, oh. And I'm not saying build up to one big thing at the end, but there's a way to balance it to where you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Mm-hmm. And this movie didn't have that. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah, the scene when uh, the babysitter, when oh, she goes yeah. in the room and stuff, yeah. and then she jumps out. Yeah. They should have just had... They should have just got her. her right they there. They should have just got her, yeah. And still, instead of and her jumping out... And then had the boy and... run down the stairs. Yeah. It would have cut out like two and a half minutes of screen time and would have been far more tense. Yeah. I agree. Because, I mean, my heart was racing when I was watching it. And she's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and he's Get like, out of on here. the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was intense, and then they lost yeah. it, mm-hmm. and, and then it's lost just all all tension. Yeah. So when he actually does pop out of the, when he, because then they go into the room, both of them, and the little boy's like, "Well, did you check the closet?" And she's like, "No, I didn't check the closet." We know he's in the closet, mm-hmm. and now you're just getting us with a jump scare. Yeah. And a jump scare is a scare. I'm not gonna say that it isn't. And I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you didn't jump. Because, yeah, I jumped. Anytime somebody says boo and you're not <laughs> expecting it, you're going to jump. Yeah. I didn't have to pay $15 at a movie theater to get that scare. I could do that at home. Yeah. But, yeah, I completely agree with you that the tension the tension was completely let out as soon as she popped out. And it's like, ah, oh, scared you. Boo. Did you check the clock? Okay. Okay. Look, Scene over. Here's a question for you. What do you think Michael's thinking the entire time while he's in that closet and she's doing that? What's going through his mind? Like, this lady's crazy. I don't think anything goes through his mind. Probably not. Think but, you know. uh, I think he's a very self-obsessed individual. So I think everywhere he goes, he's just going, dang, I look good in this mask. <laughs> <laughs> every mirror he can look in, every window he can see his reflection in, it's just this mask. <laughs> Didn't expect that, did ya, Halloween? So yeah, it's at the end of the day, and it introduces Lori Strode again and her daughter, who she mistreated her whole life because Lori is now a psychopath and obsessed with a murderer. And her daughter, played by Judy Greer, and then bringing her daughter in, um, in the mix. And the dad, I don't know why the dad had to be a weird stoner dad. I know. <laughs> just like, I'm not saying he wasn't funny, because a couple of those times I'm like, what are you saying? And it came, he had delivery, so it was funny. Yeah. But I'm like, why does he have to be funny? Why can't he just be a normal man? And then her daughter played by Andy Katachak. Yeah, and you had Will Patton in there. Um, what did you think about the podcasters at the beginning? <laughs> now that we have a podcast, we saw podcasters get murdered at the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. I don't know. This is an issue I had with the movie. Okay. Okay. And this is strictly from a writer's perspective. Uh, and taking you out of the movie because the dialogue is poor. They are podcasters. It's never established ever 
that they're not from America. Mm-hmm. She's not American. The woman, there's a man and a woman. She's British. It never establishes how long she's lived in the country, how long she's been here. They go interview Michael. They leave. They stop at a gas station. She needs to use the restroom at the gas station. So she goes up to the window and she asks the man, do you have a loo? A loo is the British word for bathroom. Right, yeah. And he says, huh? And she goes, oh, my bad. Bathroom. Did she just get to the country yesterday? Yeah. Because that's a mistake that someone brand new would make. Yeah. Not someone who's lived here for a while and is like, oh, I still like to say my word, even though literally no one else around me uses that word. Yeah. And I'm like, why did she say that? Other than just to prove, oh, she's British and there's a, a cultural difference. It's just like, no. It just seemed lazy. Mm-hmm. Now, if they would have established while they were in the car, I just landed two weeks ago. Uh-huh. I'd be like, okay, that, that line pays off. Yeah, yeah. But I was so taken aback and Vera's like, let it go. And I'm like, no, why did she say that? Because if she's been in the country for any amount of time, she's going to quit using the word Lou because nobody knows what she's saying. I mean, I knew what she meant by it. Of course you did. But she's in like- But that's not what the movie was saying. I I know, I know. It's just bad writing. Yeah. Is all it is. It's just bad writing. And that was inconsequential to the movie. She dies, by the way. Spoiler alert. So does her partner. That was a brutal scene, though. That was that was that was that was pretty tense. Yeah, it was because it was it was tension, and her trying to get away and all that. It was really good, and I and I didn't even mind the graphicness of that scene mm-hmm. because it was done with the tension. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but. Even once we get into the new one, it is way worse for... Oh, they uh, they turned it up another level. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous, I would say. To, uh, to level ridiculous. They went plaid. You don't go plaid. You never go plaid. <laughs> We've been jammed. Raspberry. Is it raspberry? I don't know. You know what movie I'm talking about? I don't know what movie you're Seriously? talking Seriously? So you don't get the reference they went plaid? No. Ah. Uh, what movie? Spaceballs. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> now I get it. Dude, I've watched that movie like twice, and the last time I watched it was... <laughs> I can't I even seen remember. I have a really long time either. Anyways, anything else to comment on in this movie? It was focused around the kids a lot. Even yeah. though the kids didn't really do anything. I mean, they went to a Halloween party. Yeah, role reversal. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. There's no way I would dress up as Bonnie. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny. I could see teens doing that. That's kind of funny. But like the only the only time that kind of Halloween costume role reversal works is if you're doing Sonny and Cher, and most of the time because the man's taller than the woman, and he can play Cher. I think I think on How I Met Your Mother, Marshall and Lily did that one time. Oh, and I'm fun with Dick and Jane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time that's funny, and that can work. How do you think uh, Jamie Lee Curtis did in this movie? She did fine. I, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is a good actress. So See, I would tend to disagree with you okay. on that. She's a good actress, um, but 
credit where it's due. I think she plays this role really well, and she becomes this character yeah. really well, both in the original one and in this one. Yeah. Because I've seen her in some pretty ridiculous movies. Christmas with the Cranks being the primary one that comes to the forefront of my mind. Yeah. But when I'm watching this, I don't see that Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. which is a testament to how well she plays the role, I think. I mean, she's been playing the role for like 40 years, so. it's She does a really good job. Yeah. And then the culmination of the movie is her and her daughter and her granddaughter because the father gets killed. All the men die. In the whole town of Haddonfield. No, I'm just kidding. But the three of them are in her house, her trap house with Michael, and they end up trapping Michael at the end of the movie just how she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And she's setting the house on fire. <laughs> Just like Eminem. I don't know why you wouldn't just stand there and shoot him a lot, a lot of times. Because he's just down the stairs, staring up at them. I know. Just shoot him. I don't think it's going to do anything, but shoot him. And this is what's crazy. Because again, we're going to go back to... Is he a man? Is he a myth? Is he a legend? Is he a phantom? Is he a demon? What is he? I don't know. The movie wants him to be both. The movies want him to be both everything all. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that works for me personally. um, Because it, 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 it has no depth at that point. Yeah. It lose. It's just shallow surface level plot. It's yeah. It's hard to say he's a phantom because if he's a phantom, then you can't kill him. He's yes. gonna just come back every Halloween or whatever and kill people, and you just got that's that's it. But I think they don't do that because they're gonna lose uh, x amount of people who watch these movies thinking yeah. they're going into it for the story. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who just watch this because they want to watch him murder people mm-hmm. in the most gory and grotesque ways. Yeah, I think that's a poor reason to go see a movie but if that's what you like America I'm just trying to figure out like if he's this got this freak strength and they're able to keep him in an asylum for all these years Mm -hmm. see and that's where we go back to is he a man who can be stopped or is he an entity that chooses when he wants to do things and when not. Uh-huh. Let's go ahead and just get into the new one a little bit because this these are questions that they bring up again and they try to answer. Kind of answer, kind of don't because this movie culminates ultimately with saying that he is a phantom or an entity. Would you agree with that? Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. pretty much what they're saying in this movie. And Halloween Kills. Yes. But I say that because the movie opens with... Well, let's... I think we should just say spoilers now, since we are going to be talking about the new film. Yes. I've already told you the end, but... The end of what? The movie. No, the end of the last movie. Yeah. You, You didn't say the end of the new one. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. This movie opens up with the firemen going into the house to put the fire out. Well, there's something before that. It opens up back in 1978 yep. with Will Patton's character. Yes. 
Let's talk about that for a minute. How yeah. did you? What did you think about the flashback scenes? I, I enjoyed them. That was the best part of the entire movie. Yeah, it. Uh, you got a little bit of you got because the whole Halloween 2018 movie, they're talking about like Will Patton keeps saying like I was there when we caught him. I was there when we caught him. And so you don't know really how they caught him. Yes. And then the opening scene, which is a problem that I have with all the movies. Yeah. In the opening scene of the Halloween Kills, you get that. Yeah. You find out. You get a little backstory with Will Patton. Because in the original one, there's only one cop. Right. Yeah. And he never calls for backup. And no. he never. There's only one cop. I'm like, okay. And I think in the original one, it, it was intended to be even, an even smaller town. So like maybe they only had one or two police officers. Mm-hmm. This one branches out and is like, no, okay, well, it's kind of like almost metropolitan, yeah. small city-esque kind of stuff. Like a because, suburb of like Chicago yes, or something exactly. Like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of police officers and they kind of retcon that by doing a flashback, which those scenes were filmed beautifully. They they looked like they were filmed from that era, from yes. 1978. They captured the grittiness, the graininess and the darkness yeah. to a T. Yeah. And they flow back and forth between kind of a modern look and the grainy look Mm -hmm. perfectly. Yeah. I loved it. So from a film, a cinema, uh, cinematography standpoint, I really like this movie. Yeah. Um, they tweak the Halloween theme song just enough to kind of make it modern, but it's still got that. You you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I, yeah. Another thing, with keeping the cinematography, uh, they kept the opening credits like the exact same. Yeah. Like the word, lettering and everything. The pumpkin I, looked different. Yeah. But yes. The, it was yeah. the and same. And I love stuff. that. I love I that. I do too. I like that too. Um, and then, so then it flashes forward. The, the rest of the movie, when it's not flashing back to the first Halloween night, takes place literally in this one night. Like an hour later. Yeah. It's all, it's it all, ha- Halloween I guess they 18. all take place on. Halloween day, but the 18 and this one take place on the same Halloween day. Yeah. And it's within a few hours of each other. Yeah. You, this one picks up exactly where the last one left off. And then Um, the firemen go to the house that's on fire to put out, do their job. mm -hmm. And this is where I have an issue again with, and I think they do it intentionally. I just don't like it. What is Michael Myers? Because in the last one, he's standing at the bottom of the stairs just staring. Everything around him is on fire. Uh-huh. And when that firefighter falls through the floor, he's not just standing there looking up like I would think he would be. He gets in that closet mm-hmm. to essentially hide or to try to c- hide himself from the fire. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm assuming he's doing. Right. If he can't be killed, why did he bother doing that? And I don't think he hit himself because the firefighter fell through the floor. Well, we don't we we don't know how long he was in there. I mean, not long. How long? We don't know how long. Like he was in that the little closet thing. Like he could have he could have like maybe he heard the fire trucks and he just went in there to hide. So then when they came in, he could come out. I don't know. You know, I guess. Like that makes the most sense, but I also don't see why he would do that. Well, he hid in the closet. I get. I get it's it. Just, it's but it's a house on fire. He doesn't he necessarily... Likes, he likes to jump out and say, boo, I don't know. We need the jump scare. Yes, we need the jump uh, scare. That's why he was in the closet. But I mean, the whole time when that firefighter falls through, it's like, he's down there. He's going to kill him. You know, like... And that's the thing, because the original movie was 
both movies, I think, are asking the same question, where is Michael Myers? And in the original one, I'm scanning literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. Where is he? And in these two new ones, I'm like, where is he? I know he's either behind that, that, or that, and he's going to pop out at some point. Yeah. He doesn't pop out of anything in that original movie. Yeah. Really. There's a couple closet jump scares. But mostly, the screen just pans, and he's just somewhere. Yeah. It's a where's Waldo of the scariest <laughs> human being ever, you know? Yeah. And this one is just like, no, okay, well, I'm just... It's just stupid because in these scenes, it's someone taking that same pop bottle analogy and just shaking it, shaking it, shaking it until it explodes. Mm -hmm. And then I got to go get a whole new pop bottle yeah. for the next scene so they can do it all over again. Yeah. And I do, it just doesn't satisfy the end of the movie, you mm -hmm. know, or a climax, which every movie has to have a, a an arc uh, to some degree. Yeah. And, and by the end, you're just like, okay. I got it out of my system halfway through the movie. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. like, okay, well, let's go home. Oh, and the one, the one flashback scene when, what's the Will Patton's character's name? I, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, Frank. We'll we'll call him Frank. We'll call him Frank. I think she kept calling him Frank. Lori did. Yeah, Frank. In the flashback to 1978, he when he was chasing Michael and was shooting at him. And then Michael went around that corner. His name's Frank, Hawkins. <laughs> Hawkins. Officer Hawkins. But I think his first name might be Frank. Frank Hawkins. I think Lori did call him Frank. Uh, so Hawkins, I like Hawkins better. Hawkins chases him down the alley and is shooting at him. And then when he gets around there, he's gone. And he sees the footprints where they end, but he doesn't see like any more. So it's like, yes. Did he just like I'm, vanish? He had to have. I mean, he could have. He, Again, we talked about this at the beginning. If you lose sight of him, yeah. he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But if you're looking at him, he can just walk. Yeah. So you're almost better off to just keep him in front of you the whole time and keep letting him walking at you. Run a little bit away and just stand there and keep watching him and let him come after you and run a little bit away. Yeah. And find an open parking lot somewhere and just keep going in a circle. Yeah. Because he doesn't run. He's not fast. Yeah. He may in other iterations. I don't remember if he runs in some of the know. other Halloween movies. We're only talking about these three, so it's irrelevant. But yeah, uh, he uh, it's all it's almost like that. Uh, you ever watch Doctor Who? No, no. There's a there's some villains or in that show they're called the Weeping Angels. And they're just these statues of angels and stuff. But if you blink and take your eyes off of them, they get closer to you and they'll kill you. Ew. So you have to like keep your Ooh. eyes on them the whole time. Other, striking <laughs> my eyes open. Uh, you have to if yeah if you take your eyes off of them if you blink or if you turn your face they get closer and closer and closer. That's cool. Uh, it's kind of like that. Yeah, but the tension to me or the scare is in the mystery, not in the the murder. Yeah, and. I'm not there to glorify death, you know, mm -hmm. which I get to a certain extent. That's what these movies intend to do. That's not why I watch it. Um, but this one, it shows you literally everything. And when you show me everything, it takes away any power to do what the movie's supposed to do. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when that scene then draws 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 itself out for two and a half minutes of the same guy getting killed, and it's just like, okay, like, just end it already, so we can keep going. Yeah. And so many people like the great thing about these movies is that no one, everyone's expendable. Anyone can die. Yes. Except for Lori. Yes. But this one, it was almost like so many people died. It's like so many people died. I don't care anymore. Yes. Like the it, original one had like five people died. The yeah. next one had a, a few more than that. Yeah. Characters that you cared about at least. At least in the 2018, they give enough time to create backstories for these people that I'm kind of yeah. invested in who they are and what they're doing. So when they die, I'm like, oh, I didn't want to, I didn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. But with this one, it's just like anybody, everybody, all the time, always. And she's like, okay, well. This town screwed. I would suggest moving. Yeah, just leave. Had just to move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like with the firemen and stuff. It's like they just had a giant butcher scene. That's all they yeah. that was for. Yeah, useless. Like, nobody cares. Nope. Faceless people. Yeah. Literally, they all had masks on. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and this did. This movie did feel like a placeholder. It's just a stepping stone to the next one. It's mm-hmm. very Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Like, yeah. this movie was irrelevant. This isn't the one I wanted to make. The next one is the one I wanted to make. Right. But I had to make this one to get to that. That, that was this movie. Yeah. A lot of the characters, they absolutely didn't want to die, got sidelined to a place where they were irrelevant, but yet we kept coming, kept cutting back to them, even though they were re- irrelevant to the story. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, they're still here. They're still okay. They're still alive. Saying things we don't care about. There was so much monologuing in this movie that it made it boring. S- repeating the same lines over and over and over. A Evil conversation tonight. <laughs> the, the conversation between Jamie Lee Curtis and Will Patton was just, Will Patton would say something. Jamie Lee Curtis would repeat it and then add something. And then he would repeat what she said and add something. <laughs> it was just like, you two need to go to sleep. Get some rest because you're both being hacked open. First of all, Will Patton got stabbed in the neck. I honestly don't think he'd be talking. Probably not. Or at least in a normal voice. No. He was talking like nothing happened. <laughs> Lori was up walking around and she had her guts cut open. Literally, they showed you in the movie, the yeah. surgery. And she was up walking. Yes. No. 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 Judy Greer's back being Judy Greer. Irrelevant. I'm not a huge Judy Greer fan, personally. She had the one scene in the last movie that was good. But other than that, yeah, I just I'm like, where's Jennifer Lopez? Because I know you're her sidekick in every movie. <laughs> like, that's your character, not this. So much monologuing, so, so much death. The little girl from the original 1978 Halloween. Okay, what's her name? Uh, her name in the movie? Yeah, her name in the movie. Start with an L. Marion? No. Lindsay? Lindsay. Kyle. Is her name Kylie Richards? Kyle. It looks like Kyle, but I'm assuming it's probably Kylie. Yeah. She was, that's the little, she, the girl that actually played Lindsay in the original 1978 film. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff was fun. The nods, uh, Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy. Mm-hmm. Lonnie wasn't in the original. Brackets back. Remind me, what were we talking about? The original cast coming back. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. It's like, okay, now you've used that, though, so what are you going to do in the next one? 
You've used everything. Yeah. Hopefully the next one is original for once. Yeah. That's my only go in to the next movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the subplot of, and I know a different, maybe Halloween 4 did the same kind of thing where certain members of the community are like, we're done with this. We're going to kill him. And we're going to hunt him down and we're going to kill him. What do you think of the subplot of the town turning against Michael and not running in fear, but hunting him? I mean, I would hope if there was like a serial killer murderer on the loose in a town, the entire town would do that. So, I mean, that's, I think that they were a little unorganized. (laughs) (laughs) I don't disagree. I'm like, okay, I like the concept. Um, They didn't put a bit of thought into who's going with who. And they did that. The movie did that intentionally. Mm -hmm. So it would be easier to kill everyone off. The dad went with the two kids by himself. The big macho guy literally went by himself. And then the two old women and the doctor couple Mm -hmm. went together. And like, there's no skill between them at all. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, why did they make these decisions? Mm -hmm. Because when you're in horror movies, you make bad decisions. (laughs) The answer is because they had to. Yeah. That's so lazy to me, and that's what I dislike about slasher movies because to get to where they need the movie to go, mm-hmm. it's only making bad decisions Yeah, to get there. And that's a trope of every horror movie, but it's like, for me, going into a movie, appreciating story, appreciating character development, uh, I don't, I don't get that from any of these, so I leave unsatisfied because I don't, yeah. I don't get any of that. And I don't care about the gore. So these movies definitely aren't for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't hate this one. Like probably, I mean, we had talked a little after the movie and stuff. I didn't hate this one probably as much as you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was a lot more, there was way, way too much gore though. I do agree. Like there's, it's, it's unnecessary and it's not scary. It's just gross. Yeah. Uh, It's just for the sake of being as gross as you can mm-hmm. to the point that it's even unrealistic. Yeah. Like that wouldn't happen. That mm-hmm. couldn't happen in real life. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to on this pod. Um, the details of the yeah. gore, but it's literally like just wouldn't happen to a real human body. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. If uh, yeah. that person were to do that thing, the result would not be what you see in this mm-hmm. movie. Nine times out of ten, that's with all of the scenes, though. Yeah. And just from a stabbing to a, a yeah. fall to a whatever, that would not be the outcome. Yeah. You know. And you've talked about it before. Like you cannot look at these through reality eyes because no. if you do, it's you're gonna lose. You're gonna if you yeah. think about it too much, it's not gonna be. You fun. have to have a huge suspension of disbelief because yeah. if you go into it, you're just gonna be like, nope. Yeah. Can, can we have a moment of silence, though, for uh, Big John and Little John? Big John, Little John. There right. was. <laughs> that, that, that was kind of funny. I would, I would say that scene was probably the one scene, one of the better scenes in the movie, mm-hmm. because it had a lot of thought put into it. You could tell the writers and the producers and the director were like, they put a lot of thought behind that scene, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And they use the comedy 
really well yeah. to not release tension as the tension's building. Yeah. You know, they set the two characters up at the introduction to be a little bit corny, a little bit cheesy. Yeah. So when they do cheesy things throughout the scene, it doesn't release the tension. It, it actually adds to the tension. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even them saying Big John, Little John throughout the entire scene, they're doing it to make sure the other one's still alive. Right, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But it is funny when they <laughs> <Yeah>. say it. <laughs> so every time they say it, I'm like, oh no, when is someone not going to respond? Yeah. But I'm also chuckling. Yeah. So I thought it was really well filmed and really well directed. Yeah. And they just, they bought Michael, the, the Myers house. Y- yeah. That was like. Bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they literally go out on the porch and say, do you know whose house this is? Yeah. Like it gives them cred for living in it. Oh, you weren't there. You got up and left. The reason they said that was because, so some kids pranked them earlier. And they the. I'm gonna tell you the scene because okay, it's, go ahead, it's no. super funny. So, <laughs> this little girl like comes up to their door knocking, like, "Oh my gosh, oh my my friend, he he took a bite into one of your candy and there was a razor blade in it and he swallowed it, and so he's like this kid's like laying on the street and you're like, oh my gosh, he's dead. Like, why would they put razor blades in the candy? And they go out there and. Uh, they're looking at him. They're like, call 911. Like Big John and Little John? Yeah. They're okay. like, they're call 911. Like, and there's like vomit on the sidewalk wow. and stuff. And uh, then they jump up and scare him. And it was like all fake and stuff. Like, oh. had, And the third friend went inside and like took all the candy and dumped it in this thing. And like they ran off with it. <laughs> and then they told them the story of the house. Like, oh. And scared them to get, get rid of them. I see. And so that whole scene, they thought the kids were back. And then when Little John went to the back and saw the blood, and he's like, that it's makes not so the much kids. Sense. I know. It's a man. Yeah. So, yeah, you missed all that. So that was like, I forgot you weren't there. And It didn't affect the movie for me. That's okay. It affected that scene, though. You did. You missed the... Setup. Yes. Thank Set you. Up. Yep. That's Set. Yeah. Outside of that scene... There was no other redeemable scene to me. Mm-mm. There was no other good. <clears throat> the movie's pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. They try to be culturally relevant by saying, okay, well, the town is so scared of Michael that they all turned into monsters because they were willing to just kill people without questioning, hey, are you him? That guy obviously didn't look like Michael Myers. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But the town is so blinded by rage that they're all just like, we're going to kill everybody. And the cops are like, there's too many of them. We can't do anything. It's your job to do something. The cops literally did nothing. They sat there and did nothing. And and another thing, like, the cops never see Michael. Nope. Not a single police officer ever finds him or even runs across him. Nope. Why? Because they suck at their jobs. They have to (laughs) suck at their jobs. Or is Michael, like, okay... Here's a theory. Is Michael like, does he have like some odd respect for police officers? No. No, I'm, I, no. Li- Here's the reason why I say that. Because in the flashback scenes, when they show that they caught him, when he walks out of the house and all those cops have guns on him, he just stands there and gives himself up. He could have killed them all. He did it with the firemen. Like, yes, he could have. He could have. And that's what leads me to wonder why. 
and this is what I don't like to get into because then it makes me never want to watch these movies again. But why does he when he wants to and why doesn't he when he doesn't want to? It's because he does or doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. And I think it also plays into he feeds on fear, which I think is a lazy premise for this movies. Other movies do that and it works. That would be a lazy premise for this. But if you look at it through that logic, if he feeds on fear, so if he's attacking a babysitter, she's terrified. He has ultimate control. Yeah. He can literally vanish and reappear in other places. Mm -hmm. But he's when he's surrounded by cops who aren't scared of him, he's weakened and he can't do anything. That's kind of where my mind went. Because yep. they're all trained to not show fear in those times of... right. And they're all pointing their guns at him. It has nothing to do with the gun. It has more to do with the fact that they're not scared of him. Yeah, but if you look at the, I mean, that last scene where the mob finally surrounds him in this film, mm -hmm. they're not, they appear to not be afraid of him. Yes, I would agree. I think they're, they're not scared of him, hence why they could beat him up. And he looks like he's dying. And then I think at some point he latches onto someone's fear Gets one, mm -hmm. which scares another one. Gets another one, which scares another one. And okay. he just snowballs fear in all of them. Even yeah. though they're all still fighting him. Yeah. At this point, they're not like in numbers. Safety in numbers. So mm -hmm. now they start getting... A, I don't know if that's true. I don't like that idea because then it's very like it-esque. And Pennywise is only powerful if the kids are scared of him. If the kids aren't scared of him, he's useless. I don't like I don't like that premise. It's boring. You think so? Yes. I think it's kind of cool. No. But, uh it's cool in it because it's children. So if these kids can overcome fear, that's an interesting premise. If it's adults and it's Michael, Ma I don't, I don't like that. No, I don't, I don't think that's a justifiable mm -hmm. reason for why he does what he does. Because to me, it just leaves it open. Why did he? He could have busted out of that insane asylum whenever he wanted to. Why did it take the doctor putting him on a bus and now he's on a bus so he can run again? Mm -hmm. He can do whatever he wants. The, the end of this movie proves that he can literally do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. So I still leave with like, it meant nothing. Mm -hmm. It meant nothing. At least the kids at the end of it, get rid of them. Culminates in something. Mm -hmm. This just sets up another movie and they've been doing it since the 70s. Every movie. Yeah. So yeah, everyone dies. That's the thing. That original, the 78 Halloween, if they would have just ended it uh, and not done any more. Would have been great. It still is great, but it would have been better because it's it's now got a stain on its... But they've literally like, beat it to death to yeah. the point where it's just like, okay, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. But yet it's still going to gross a billion dollars, so they're oh, still yeah. going to make another one. Oh, yeah. And it's because people go to watch the gore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lori was sidelined the entire movie just because they needed to use her in the next one. I'm going to make a prediction. I bet it is linked to her. I bet they retcon that again and make it linked to her. So she's probably going to have to die for him to die. Mm -hmm. I bet they, you know, like Kylo Ren it with Obi-Wan and lightsaber you, and everything. Do you think lightsaber and everything. Do you think Lori's granddaughter is going to... I don't know where you take her character either because they made her strong in this one. They made her fearless. Yeah. What else do you do with her? Yeah. 
Because the mother dies. Yes. Unless you flip Halloween Ends, which is the title of the next one, completely on its head, and Michael Myers is loose now. He's not in an asylum again. So they can't start the next one with him in an asylum again. Yeah. Surely. But you flip it, and it's Lori and her granddaughter literally hunting him down. Yeah. Or they buy his house and just live in it and wait for him to come back. That'd be kind of cool. There's a, if they flip it and make it them hunting him, not like they did this one, because that's what this movie was, mm-hmm. is people hunting him, but just like... Well, okay. You have to go hardcore psycho with Lori and just be like, I'm going to put on a mask too and let's see who, who wears the masks mm-hmm. better. It's kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so, so the next one's called Halloween Ends. I got a feeling it takes place the same night, just hours after. Like think it, so? Yeah, I don't think it's going to take... I think this, this trilogy is all going to take place within 10 hours or whatever. It's not going to be any... They're going to find out that he's gone. You couldn't do that, though, because Lori's still hurt. She's still kind of useless in bed. Then the granddaughter's going to do it. I Because... Her boyfriend's dead. Literally everyone who would help her is dead. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That wouldn't bother me if it was still set in the same night. Her mom just died. Yeah. Because literally the end of the moody, for no reason. Why? Did her mom go crazy just to go up there to die? Exactly. I don't know. I'm assuming maybe, maybe. it's just to set up to fuel the daughter to hit yeah. him more because Michael now has killed both of her parents. Yeah. I, but her I, mom was a psychopath. Judy Greer was just like... She was... The ending scene is like the scene from Titanic... <laughs> And she's just standing up there. She's like, I'm flying, Jack. And then Jack stabs her. (laughs) (laughs) And she's smiling. Yeah. When he's killing her. It's like, you're trying too hard to make it mean something when you know and I know that it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And it's never gonna mean anything. I think that she did that because they killed her. I don't, I think... this is a spitball here. She didn't sign a contract for a third movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess when she goes back to the house, she's assuming that he's dead. Well, yeah, because no one there knows. No one at that moment knew that he had gotten up and just murdered everyone in that street, which was at least 20 people. And it was only like a block over. You'd think you would hear the screams. Yes. From where they were. More gunshots. Yeah. Like he's dead. Why are they still firing guns? Yeah. Why are they still... I don't know. Again, we don't want to... You can't... If you do exactly what we're doing, it ruins the movie. Yes. But I'm going to say ruin it because it wasn't that good of a movie to begin with. Will I watch it again? Yes. Once. Next Halloween. When, right before the other right before movie the, comes out. Yeah. But once that trilogy's done, I'll probably never watch these again. Yeah. Because I think there's better horror movies out mm -hmm. there. The Thing is a better movie. The Thing remake, which wasn't a good movie, is a better movie than this. Yeah. Anything else to say on the Halloween movies? No. I don't. I think we, uh, I think this was a good, good. Yeah. Would I recommend it? Would you recommend it? It Again, it goes back to who are you talking to and stuff and who are you, like, who are you recommending it to? Because, well, I know there's at least 11 people who listen to this. <laughs> Would you recommend this to the 11 people who listen to this? I don't know who you are, and we keep asking you guys to come out on our stuff so we know who you are. 
We know about you. Ugh. I, I'm having a hard time. I, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Simply from my again, my glasses, my lenses. If you like these kind of movies, go watch these movies. You want to watch a movie around Halloween to get in the spirit of spooky, spooky, scare, scare. Go watch the Conjuring movies. Go watch a couple of the other older, you know, there's uh, The Pet Cemetery. either one of those movies. Those movies are really creepy, really scary. But content-wise, better. Mm-hmm. Um, that original one is really creepy. The remake was really good. Um, as, a, as a remake and just as a movie, John Lithgow's in there. That's a good movie. Um, I said The Conjuring movies. Go watch The Thing. Go watch... There's better movies than these the scream franchise is better than these and these are supposed to be funny the scream franchise is all they do those movies is make fun of these movies Mm -hmm. whilst doing the same thing these movies are doing so that's at least clever and i can appreciate that yeah because they're not asking you to just sit there and drool all over yourselves and watch these movies Mm -hmm. that would be my recommendation there's better movies out there than these. Granted, if you're a fan of Halloween or you've been a fan of Halloween, you're probably going to enjoy them. That's my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I will not recommend these. Even though the original one is, I feel, a really well done film, I can't consciously say <laughs> due to the Due to the nudity and stuff in it, I will not, I cannot recommend it. Promote it. Yeah. I, yeah. So. Yeah. And that's the problem, you know. And but, we've already hit it. We've already talked about yeah. it. I feel like talking about it more. It's just kind of yeah. ov- overboard. But. Yeah. Yeah. If oh. you want to watch it, wait. I think it's on a streaming service right now. Paramount Plus maybe owns it. It's not on HBO because I checked. What's that? The. This the Halloween Kills you can watch at home on some streaming service. Oh, really? I don't know which streaming service it is though. So if you can watch it for free and you're kind of into if you're into horror movies, then yeah, watch it. Would I pay money again to go watch it in theaters? No, I wouldn't. I actually feel like I kind of wasted my money on this one. I don't. I mean, it was nice to get into the theater. I haven't been to a movie in a while, so getting into a theater, the theater being full of people, I liked that a lot. I love watching movies with other people who love to watch movies. Anything else? Uh, not yet. One second. So, not not on the movies. No. Sorry. Well, what are you doing then? Uh, I was just gonna say, if yeah, if we're done, then please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, let us know what you think. Once we hit five reviews, there are three on there right now. We hit five reviews. We will do a live stream episode of a movie, right? What, what do you call that? A commentary. Commentary. Movie live commentary. commentary of a movie. Yes. Which I really want to do. Yes. So somebody, please, somebody, two do it. more, two more, and we'll do a live commentary <laughs> of a movie. Also, you can check us out at Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Um, if you want to connect with us on social, Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. Also, you can hit us up at rememberthatonemovie.com. Leave us an email and uh, 
Let us know what you think. And on just a one last note before we get off here, uh, I just want to give a shout out to our editor, Colin. He does a great job with yeah. this podcast, and he turns what we do here into something that actually sounds good. Yeah. So yeah. thank you, Colin. Credit yeah. where it's due. Yes. With that being said, have a happy Halloween. Can we say happy, happy Halloween? Happy Halloween. Is have a spooky. I can't. I can't get it out of my mouth. Ha. Have a spooky ha. Halloween. Just have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye.